I really do. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the LFGRX podcast. Today, really super excited to welcome Simon from Black Box and First, uh, European-based affiliate microgym and a dear friend of the last couple of years. So super excited you're here, man. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So like we do with everyone that joins the podcast, we dive into your history. Dude, if you could break down a little bit what your home gym history, your journey looked like, uh, and where that's taken you. Awesome. I'm Simon. Um, I'm 28. I'm from Mannheim, Germany. And uh, my home gym journey basically started during COVID or when COVID first hit. Um, so a little bit of my back, backside story, I'm, uh, I'm a semi-professional athlete. And um, so you can imagine that that's like my life and mm -hmm. sports have ever been my life. Um, and when COVID hit, that was pretty hard because all the leaks stopped and all of a sudden I had to find something new because also in Germany, the facilities, they uh, shut down. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I got a little into, into CrossFit and had to get myself some gear for that. I started with a barbell and uh, that escalated pretty quickly. And um, I started does. my... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, home gym ownership does it escalates. <laughs> yeah, it starts with a couple of bucks, and all of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys, you guys know what I'm, I'm like talking about. Stumped into it, <laughs> getting divorced, totally. and yeah, <laughs> totally. So I got rid of my car. No, no I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, I basically um, equipped myself with a home gym in my basement um, parcel. That's I don't know what, what it's in square feet, but it's like, uh, I think about six and a half or seven square meters. So that's tiny. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's the, uh, yeah. tiniest micro gym. I think I'm aware of actually fully functional yeah. micro gym. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be what, that's, a little bit less than a hundred square feet. Right. Yeah, probably. Yep. Yeah. And that's also how I titled it. The tiniest yep. gym that, and so, um, yeah, and from from that on, I um, I had a agreement with my with my neighbor, so I got his parcel as well. So I expanded, doubled the size, and um, yeah, pretty much from from there on, there was no stopping. Yeah, heck, yes. heck yeah, man! So when did you know you wanted to start a micro gym? Probably a couple months into that process, when uh, when really there was no other option for me to work mm -hmm. out. And, um, yeah, I still had friends coming over and uh, they pretty much took advantage of that. So, and I, I really enjoyed that, like having a space where people, mm -hmm. uh, come together or came together or come together and, um, or just hop by for a workout. And, um, yeah, I kind of, uh, like that community aspect because that's what I'm, what I'm used to from from sports and athletics i mean you guys you have athletic backgrounds so you totally know what i'm what i'm talking about mm -hmm. that locker room talk or mm -hmm. uh, when you're at the crossfit gym that community um or camaraderie and uh yeah that's that's basically how i got into that and um i really enjoy it so do you um do your own programming as a semi-pro i do 
I, I program all those workouts. Those are CrossFit style workouts. So they're Metcons and MRAPs and Ingmoms. And they're pretty short. Some, some of them are like uh, 30, 40 minutes, but usually they're short. And um, that's not usually daily business for me too, like, like mm -hmm. in my workout routine. But um, I enjoy doing that when I have the time. Uh, I still program them um, just for the, for the uh, IG page and for my website. Um, but in my daily business, I am also an athletic coach in the youth academy and, um, or basically in the, in the farm team of the team that I play in. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I do program my own workouts, but it's more on a performance based thing than a CrossFit yeah. kind of. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, dude. So tell us about um, some of the as the aspect of running black box micro gym. Yeah, um, basically it all started out like it, it was a hobby. It was like mm. um, more that during COVID, the the factor to to help people get it, get back into their workouts and um, to have like an inspiration for them and awesome. some some yeah tips and hacks how to create an own home gym or micro gym or mm -hmm. whatever you might call it. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to share my experiences with like-minded people. And, um, yeah, I think it started when I first recorded a, a reel or a video mm -hmm. and I was wearing black box merch and people really got into my DMS and I went like, dude, where can I get those shirts and stuff? So, uh, then, I, um, yeah, I build up a web shop and design shirts and hoodies and hats and whatever. And, um, so that was, I think my first business aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, is that how no, you two no. met? It, it was in the beginning, um, when you were starting to put out workouts and, and start to get active on social media. Is that how you found him, Andrew, or vice versa? You know, I don't it's know. so Oof, long Oof. ago. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, good question. I, you know, I, <laughs> I was trying to think of that before we actually started this uh, podcast. I'm pretty sure I reached out to Simon first because he was programming. I mean, he's been pro programming workouts for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I started GoRx and started, uh, I guess, evangelizing this micro gym concept. Uh, there were very few people with micro gym in their handles or Instagram handles. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure what it, how it happened was I was searching for micro gyms as like a keyword search in Instagram and very few popped up. Uh, mm -hmm. Simon's happened to be one of them, black box micro gym. And so I got super, it is coming to me now. I got super excited that there was someone else who had uh, thought of this idea and was putting it into practice mm -hmm. in his own in his own business and in Europe, no less. I yeah. thought it was awesome that um, there was someone like-minded doing exactly what I envisioned, except across the pond. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like you said, it's 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 been a while. <laughs> yeah. I, but, but, but I think that's, that's probably how it went. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my other so, question. But that was, 
going back to uh, going back to kind of the beginning of this conversation and everything. Uh, when you say you're an athlete and you're competing and stuff like that, is that uh, what what sport are you competing in? So some might know the uh, European sport of team handball. Okay, it's it's an Olympic sport, so that's I think mm-hmm. the only uh, the only moment where you can watch it on on ESPN or so. So um, okay, yeah, but. Um, it's it's not like the 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 handball like the squash with the hands like the the ones you know mm-hmm. in the US um it's basically a mixture of basketball football and um soccer okay so you play it on goals it's inside and um it's really physical physical and um it's it's big in Europe very cool okay very cool so off to look it up um I, I feel as though I can remember watching that uh, when the last Olympics was was going on, but uh, but I'll have to look it up and try to familiarize myself with yeah. it. I can I can remember a, a tweet of um, LeBron James, like it, it, it said something like uh, like What the hell is this? It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. have to find that. Yeah. That's uh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like cool. the, Thanks, the, the pickleball movement in the U.S. right now. Absolutely yeah, blowing up. Well. Professional athletes yeah, are buying teams <laughs> these days. Yeah. Are you familiar with pickleball at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when I was it's a lot of fun. My mom la- loves uh, it. Last time. Yeah. When when I, when I visited my mom in, in, in Phoenix in, in June, uh, she she's all over pickleball and, <laughs> yeah. and her husband. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. since you kind of started with COVID and everything, you didn't get a chance to really see how that can, how COVID could have affected that business that way, but you're just kind of ramping up from the start of COVID. What have you noticed kind of recently over the last maybe year and a half as the world has opened back up from the kind of pandemic era policy to a more open policy? Have you noticed any differences there? Have you seen retention with clients or with people with interest, or have you seen that start to falter at all? Well, um, I mean, uh, during the, the the time of COVID, I don't know, it stretched out to two two years, I would say, one and a half years properly, uh, until it totally recovered. Um, people were build or, or this this home gym community really built up. It mm-hmm. it exploded, yeah. and um, I really, um, and, and in terms of business, I really um, felt that, mm-hmm. and um, people corresponded a lot. And, um, yeah, I got a lot of feedback in, in, in that time that might like turn down a little bit, but people, I, I think the, the community, uh, is still there and it's stronger than, than before COVID. But I mean, of course you have the, the effect of people going back to commercial gyms and, um, yeah, mm-hmm. or some people that didn't invest that much in their own home gym. So I mean, you can you can really see like a, a movement back to how it was before, but not as much. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I think we've seen that a little bit as well. I think that uh, it, the growth during COVID and during that kind of pandemic era policy timeframe, uh, you know, you saw that growth explode. And now it's just kind of getting back to where it was growing prior to COVID, where 
you were seeing you were seeing an increase in interest and you were seeing an increase in the number of gyms and number of uh, dollars being spent on gym equipment for home. Um, and now we're kind of back to that same growth pattern, whereas before it was exploding, you know, a forced explosion, basically, from COVID era policy. Yeah. But the big difference that I see is, um, I mean, you have so many manufacturers of, of um, equipment that really specialize on that. I mean, of course, you know, all, everyone knows the Peloton bike but, yeah. and, and that kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, collapsed. Yeah. But I mean, um, basically, if you just look at Rogue or um, other companies like Rogue, like in Germany, they came out of nowhere. Like we have a lot of German uh, um, equip- fitness equipment companies now that weren't there before. Mm-hmm. Everything here was was basically Ileco and uh, yeah, some small businesses. But now there are so much more, and the the CrossFit community really, really um, yeah gave that a gave all those companies a boost. Yeah, Is uh, the home gym community pretty large in Germany? Uh, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think it's as large as in the U S because that's a European problem, uh, in, in general, the space, usually you live in flats, you live in, in small apartments or even the houses are, are a lot smaller. So people here usually don't have a two car car garage. That's like mm. something exotic. Um, so I think the lack of space is probably the biggest reason why people here are not uh, having home gyms as much. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, you, you can, you can still see that a lot of people that like kind of enjoyed the benefit of having everything at home and they, and, and those people don't want to go back to the to commercial gyms. They really build up home gyms in their homes. And um, so I would say it, COVID really boosted that, but I wouldn't say it's as big as in the U.S. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the things that we're seeing and pretty excited about is um, the growth of private gym experiences in the U.S., both commercial and in our model in home gyms or micro gyms. Um, I'm curious, have you seen that also in Europe or Germany specifically? Uh, is there an increase in demand in private workout experiences? Yeah, totally. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. And what solutions are available for, uh, for people, uh, in your communities? I mean, you have a lot of those fitness influencers who, Mm -hmm. yeah, are known for their style of workout. So you have some for high intensity, some for body weight and, uh, yeah even even some for some kind of equipment based workouts yeah. but um yeah basically those are um they have programs you can you can sign on and uh join for a couple bucks a month um so i would say that's like the the biggest thing now in in germany mm-hmm. and um yeah that's probably uh, one of the biggest differences um if you compare it to the time before COVID. Mm-hmm. 
You know, in starting a micro gym, there are a lot of hurdles that people have to overcome. In the U.S. specifically, you have local regulations that uh, could place uh, restrictions on home-based businesses, uh, insurance. Um, space is less of an issue. It is an issue here, but it's less, less of an issue than what it sounds like in uh, Germany. What are some unique challenges by you uh, that might not be something a U.S. micro gym owner will see? So if there's a European listener out here that is curious, um, you know, listening to the podcast, what might they need to be aware of if if they do have space that and had a drive to open a micro gym? Well, basically, I would say the the biggest yeah, obstacles could be the the tax system here. If you want to like create, if you want to build up a, co a company, you have to be aware of what kind of company you want to build because the taxation here is really difficult and um, it, it's it's the system is really complex mm -hmm. so that's what i think you have to be aware of um, otherwise it's yeah i couldn't think of anything else but I would say it's easier to start a business in, in, in the States than in Germany, but that's just because of the bureaucratic yeah, obstacles you have here. What are some of those other obstacles that you've seen in your own life? I mean, obviously there are going to be many more than any of us could list on this episode, but I imagine there are some that you've, you've had to overcome and you have overcome evidently. Uh, I mean, you're running black box micro gym. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, um, in, in Europe, it's it's pretty typical to uh, to, to live um, uh, on, on rent or like like not a lot of people here own their apartment or own their um, their home. So um, of course you have that with your yeah. landlord. You have to you have to um, find out an agreement. Yeah, that's basically I would say another obstacle um, for most people here. So if you own something, no problem. But <laughs> if, uh, if, if you have a landlord, um, you better be transparent with, yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. approach. Yeah. 100%. What are, what are some pieces of advice outside of taxation or some of these <clears throat> pain points that you would give anyone who might approach you about, uh, starting a micro gym? I would say by nice or by twice. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the, the first mm -hmm. thing. Um, I wouldn't go on, on, on cheap equipment. Um, and if you want to, if, if you plan on share, sharing your equipment with, with other people, um, I wouldn't go with, with any kind of cheap solution. Um, and, um, it starts with the flooring. Um, yeah. especially if you live, uh, on rent, um, yeah. you better protect what's not, uh, or not yours, you yeah. better protect what's not yours. Yeah. And, um, so I would better get the, the thicker version of the, of the flooring. Um, it's great. If you advice. get horse mats or anything like that. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, like I said, be transparent with your landlord. Um, try, uh, to keep them updated and, um, on, on your approach because people might come in and, uh, um, work out with you and that can look kind of, kind of, 
stupid if you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, also basically the, the, the biggest, yeah, the, the biggest aspect I would consider. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, from our standpoint of when we, when we talk to prospective micro gym owners or, or business owners in that regard, um, yeah, we try to, we try to push the transparency aspect of, um, building that business and everything, making sure that, uh, you know, the local homeowners association or the local administration understands how you're going to use your gym, what, you know, what you plan on doing with this business Mm -hmm. and everything, because, we don't want someone to put forth the effort and put forth the capital to actually start a business and not take some of those crucial key steps to build that up and then realize down the exactly. road, that, Oh, we can't have this or we have this regulation or I got to make this change. And then it, it, you know, it causes, you know, your goals with that business or it causes your, your outcome with that business to, you know, falter. Yeah. And so, yeah, tra- being transparent in the beginning is just going it, to, it's going to build you a more solid foundation to, to grow that business on. 100%. Yeah, totally. Even with your neighbors, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the things that I think a mic- micro gym is uniquely positioned to do is create harmony in, in a neighborhood. And it starts with talking to your neighbor about your yeah. intent and understanding their concerns and taking that into account as you build out your business, your model, your plan. Etc. And there's so much um, to to consider when it comes to communicating with transparency in all the different stakeholders uh, in your micro gym, including your your spouse, significant other, and family. What does it look like to have a guest at your home during breakfast and dinner? Right? Like, do you want that? So, how do you yeah. take that into account when building your hours? Right? Maybe you don't want someone dropping in. Uh, 24 seven. So putting structure around your, your offerings that way. And especially when you, when you live in a cramped up space, mm-hmm. uh, like, like a, an apartment complex, you have so many people on such a small space. I mean, you have to get along with those people. So, um, I think you should, when you consider about the opening hours and, and stuff like that, like you said, you don't want to have people coming in 24 seven. Um, you should really consider how loud is it going to be? Mm-hmm. And uh, at what times is that going to be appropriate? Appropriate, and um, yeah, I mean, I have the uh, the uh, luxurious situation that that the, the basement that I that my gym is in is pretty much soundproof. So mm-hmm. I could go down there at two a.m. and blast the music uh, and throw down barbells, and nobody would care. So that's that's, awesome. that's an awesome, awesome. aspect uh, of, yeah. of my gym, but um, yeah, I mean, if you if you plan on um, creating a gym in your garage and you have the neighbor next door, like right next to it, you should probably yeah consider your opening hours based mm-hmm. on based on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then craft your policies around it, especially if you're trying to win over an HOA or home. Totally. You know, uh, win over a landlord. You know, it, it, these are the tactics that we talk to people about when strategizing on how to to overcome these hurdles is like, okay, so what does a policy look like around your opening hours, your cancellation fees, your noise levels, you know, and what, how do you craft that in a way that uh, gives confidence to the people that um, have a stake in your business? Maybe not a financial stake, but um, in other ways that we've obviously been discussing. 
So dude, we got to wrap up here soon. Um, but could you share with us, uh, how people can find you, um, on social website, et cetera. Totally. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably my main, um, social media. Uh, find me at blackbox.microchem. And, um, of course you can all, always, uh, find my website at blackbox-microgym.com. And, um, yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, thanks for uh, coming, man. Thanks for sharing uh, your experiences, your your story with us, bro. I'm super excited to have you on the platform to see where you're taking, uh, you know, your business and your athletic endeavors. It's a pleasure uh, to be connected and I'm excited to see what we can make happen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. For yeah, sure. Happy to have you. It's good seeing you again, Simon. It was good seeing you. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Um, Always good to see you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, uh, if you enjoy this episode or anything like that, remember for the folks listening to the LFPRX podcast, remember to like, subscribe, share it with people. Um, try to get the word out because we are trying to build this community. We want to get the, we want to get the word of the micro gym concept into as many ears as possible. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed listening to this and hearing some of these insights and everything, please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and share across whatever you, whatever platform you're on.